I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you here and excited uh, about today's program because, you know, we've talked a lot uh, several times with Timothy Mahoney as a filmmaker, uh, someone who just, he asks a lot of good questions. I think that's what it boils down to for me. And then he goes and looks for the answers. Uh, and that, that just, I, I just love that kind of thing. He's got a new film coming out and it's uh, going to be in theaters, a Fathom event here shortly. And we'll give you the details on that. But I would encourage you, if you can go you can go see this if it's in sitting near you worth checking out it's called journey to mount sinai uh and so you know there's a lot of things in the scripture that uh we have found uh archaeologically and and you know we can show and and it to me it just it brings it alive but there are other things that haven't been found or maybe we're not too sure and so we're going to explore some of those questions and i want to start uh, by showing you the trailer for this upcoming film and it'll tell you how you can go see it um and then we'll talk with timothy mahoney he's with me live so take a look at this and i'll be right back with uh the man who makes all of these patterns of evidence films here's the journey to mount sinai for the last 50 years Exodus explorers have been searching for the true location of Mount Sinai. The Bible tells us that Moses and the Israelites were led there by a pillar of fire and cloud. I'm Timothy Mahoney, an investigative filmmaker. And I'm looking for a pattern of evidence matching one of the most important events recorded in the Bible the mountainous location where God came down to meet Moses and the Israelites. Exodus explorers are now claiming they found physical evidence for this biblical event. But there is a controversy because this evidence is not where tradition places the mountain. How will we know which is the true location? It was recorded that after the Israelites crossed the sea, they camped numerous times on their way to Mount Sinai. Now, for the first time, patterns of evidence will investigate the journey of Moses and the Israelites. What route did they take and what evidence still remains today? Join me on this amazing and inspiring investigation. Patterns of evidence, journey to Mount Sinai. So that is coming up. Uh, you can go to fathomevents.com on, on the 17th and 18th of the month, which is what, four, four or five days from now. Uh, I would encourage you to go check that out. Uh, you can also go to patternsofevidence.com and get information on all of the films, uh, including the one where he uh, looked for where did the Israelites cross the Red Sea, which I'm guessing plays a little bit directly into this. Timothy Mahoney, great to have you again on Life Today Live. Hey, Randy, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So give us a little more on this whole Mount Sinai thing, because this is fascinating to me. You know, I, I think about um, the fact that this investigation really has never happened like this before, where uh, what we're doing is there's a number of locations that people have suggested are Mount Sinai. But the question is, is well, how do you how, how would you know 
Uh, and what I've found in most of my investigations is people have an idea uh, of a clue or one thing or the other. But as we do in all patterns of evidence films, what we do is we go back to the Bible. And I've created a, a, a document that you can download, and it's called the Mount Sinai Scorecard. And this document uh, is going to give you the investigation criteria for this film, and it's going to allow you to do something uh, which I think is wonderful. You get to be interactive in this movie. You're going to be able to, uh, if you download this docu document ahead of time, you can read the verses uh, and the passages, and you're going to look at what the pattern is. Hmm. One of the things we're going to look for is the journey to the mountain. The Bible gives us a, a, some clues about campsites, the wildernesses, and travel time. And in this investigation, we're going to be looking at six main candidates for the location of Mount Sinai. And, and this is a two-part series. The first film is coming out October 17th and 18th. That's next Monday and Tuesday as a nationwide Fathom event. And um, people can get their tickets at PatternsOfEvidence.com. They can see the trailer. They can download the document here. And they can put their um, zip code in and find a theater near them. But what this document is going to do is it allows you, because a lot of my films are, as we call them, thinking films, right? <laughs> so there's, there's a lot to think about. <laughs> and as we look at the investigation, I realized that I needed to give a, uh, an aid, an interactive aid for people uh, when they're looking at uh, these different steps. So they can, uh, they can check it off. And I've used uh, something like a bowling school card. <laughs> uh, so you either get a strike, a spare, or a gutter ball. <laughs> In other words, is there evidence yes? Is it a maybe or a no? As you listen to the different arguments for the different mountains, you're going to be able to keep track of that, keep that score. And uh, one of the other uh, second step is the word Midian. Because the Bible says that Moses fled to the land of Midian. And after he had been there for 40 years, uh, he was tending the sheep out in the desert. He went to the backside of the wilderness. That's another clue. Hmm. So we have the journey to the mountain is, a, is an investigative point we're looking at. The land of Midian and the backside of the wilderness. Those are three steps we're going to be looking at and investigating. And we're going to look at the scriptures. As once again, I said, you're going to get this download. You're going to be able to, to find the scriptures. And then that will inform you as you're watching this film uh, to be able to uh, make a better decision for yourself. I'm going to let you decide. And I'm actually going to keep track of the score. And at the end of the films, I'm going to give you my pick for where I think the <laughs> the evidence is. Okay. I want to show people where to get that. If you go to PatternsOfEvidence.com, you'll see right here this orange button, uh, the scorecard information. So you can just go right there. Uh, you can do that now. Uh, and it, it's this is interesting. I, I've, I'm, here's some questions that I have. Um, how? Oh, I, this is a dangerous question to ask, and I hope you understand it the right way. But, you know, um, how reliable is the Bible to specific distances and places and things like that. And not because it's reporting false information, but because it may not be as, it's not like, you know, Matthew lists these genealogies that are very, very, very specific. But a lot of times in scripture, it'll say like the, the backside of the wilderness or something. Well, that's not real specific. How much do we get from scripture that is uh, just precise? Does that make sense? Yes. Well, that's that's what we are. That's what this investigation is 
is working towards is uh, ba- basically trying to understand what the Hebrew was saying or what it was meaning. Hmm. And does the Hebrew word backside, does that mean uh, turning your, uh, your, your back, uh, like facing, some people will say that backside means uh, to the west. And others would, will say that it, it means um, to the backside. And so as you're, as you're trying to interpret and figure out, well, how does this interpretation go? So we're going to be looking at those words with, with scholars that are involved with geographical understandings of, of Hebrew. Hmm. And, um, and what the investigation, and you asked a good question. For example, uh, rates of travel. Uh, uh, the Bible gives us, a, you know, clues that it said they, ent- they they came to Mount Sinai in the third month, so they didn't get there right away. Yeah. And it also says that they traveled uh, day and night. You know, mm-hmm. there was a pillar of fire by night, mm-hmm. and um, there was a cloud that covered them during the daytime. It gives us a number of campsites that they had to to have gone to, and it and it implies that they went there with haste. And so the question then is, well, if you have uh, um, your herds, you have women and children, you've got older people, how far can you travel? Yeah. And in the beginning, uh, there was uh, in- something interesting. Moses said, I would, let us go out in the wilderness for three days. Well, that makes you think that it's really close. But then it actually puts all these campsites that they were at. Uh, and um, in fact, we even have a map in this download. We have a map uh, with campsites, cool. we have and it identifies locations of the mountains, and and so uh, there are, are ways that people have read. Uh, when Moses said, "I'm only going to go for three days," was he really meaning that, or was that to draw Pharaoh out? Uh, because the Bible mm-hmm. really clearly points out that they, it took them uh, close to two months to get there, and there was a number of incidents that happened along the way. So in my first film, The Red Sea Miracle, I introduced an idea called the Egyptian view and the Hebrew view. And an Egyptian view has things closer to Egypt, and the Hebrew view has things further away from Egypt. Uh, And, uh, you know, longer, bigger, more uh, spectacular in its miraculous understanding. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you're starting with the early point of the journey, you start at the Red Sea. But if you don't know what part of the Red Sea to start at, then that gives you some pretty varying uh, options for where they even cross the Red Sea, right? Right, and that's that's really interesting because uh, there's some clues in here too that we're going to get to in the second film. But the question is, is if they cross the sea, uh, that sea is if it's one of those lakes along the border, then they could be anywhere. But if they crossed Yam Suf in our film, The Red Sea Miracle, there's many that believe geographically that every time the Bible points up that Yam Suf, and if they don't know what that word means, it's the sea that was crossed. It's the Hebrew word for the sea that was crossed, hmm. uh, uh, that, that uh, sea of, of Suf or whatever. And what does that sea mean? What does Suf mean? Well, many, many, there's a number of people that believe that that sea has to be the Gulf of Aqaba. And it's that's the the right arm of the Red Sea, hmm. you know, and the Sinai Peninsula comes in between it. Yeah. So you've got that right arm, and if they cross that right arm, that puts them in Arabia, and that's the reason why people believe that Mount Sinai has to be in Arabia. 
And uh, so if you have the definition of Yam Suf being there, uh, it's very unlikely that you're going to go back and end up in the Sinai Peninsula. So this film then explores, well, where does the Sinai Peninsula get its name from? And you're looking at, uh, at these different uh, origins of things. Uh, Arabia being Saudi Arabia. Right. Yeah? As opposed to Egypt. Um, yes. Uh, okay. Wow. So uh, did you go all these places? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, what do you see when you get out there? Is it just desert or, or is how how hard is this when today? Well, when I'll, tell what, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, because I've I've you know gone to um, in two thousand three. I went to to Jebel Laws. I was one of the few people that actually got a you know a, a passport. You know, I got permission to go there. Yeah. Uh, but um, what what do you see when you get out there? I understand why the Israelites were fearful, because uh, first of all, uh, if you've ever walked somewhere and you're out in the middle of nowhere and you don't have water and you don't know where your food is going to come from, there's not like there's like they could forage the land because it wasn't. It might have been different from a um, uh, fr the climate might have been. Uh, my understanding is might have been much better. Uh, at that time in those areas. But the point is, is they called it a wilderness for a reason. Mm. And that means that uh, it's possible that there, it was a scary place. And most of the people, the, all the Israelites lived along the Nile River. And the Nile River had water mm. and it had a really good place to grow food. So they had food and they had water and they had a place to sleep. And here's the big, you know, spiritual understanding that I have come to is that there was a period of time when, when you're sitting in the safety of, of your home or sitting in, a, in your church listening to a sermon and you hear these Israelites complaining, what we don't realize is in some ways they had a right to complain yeah. because they were fearful. Yeah. They didn't have water. They, were, they took their family out weeks into the desert and they knew that if you, if you spent time out in the desert, it's very possible that you, you would run out of water before you could get back to where water was. Yeah. And, and so what I learned in making this film and going to these locations, and my wife, Jill, came along on one trip, and she was crying, literally, because so, she was so afraid, because we started having uh, flat tires out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and you can only have so many flat tires before you can't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, we'd gone through the spares, and now we're working with fix-a-flat and, mm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So anyway, the point being, is that this investigation, uh, uh, what I've learned from it is, you know, is how does God provide for us when we're in the wilderness, hmm. when, when he's calling us to himself? It's a very personal, uh, I think that's the spiritual uh, lesson in this, in this movie right now on the journey to Mount Sinai. He's calling these people out of bondage and he's saying, I'm going to take you to the promised land and I'm going to make, I'm going to marry you. I'm going to make a covenant with you at this mountain. That's why I think this film is so important, is that it helps you to go to places that you'll never be able to probably go to on your own. Yeah. And you're going to listen to the scripture in a new way, and then you're going to have an insight. And that's what's happened to me, is I've had an insight. I have to ask myself, Randy, do I really trust God hmm. in the wilderness? And making films like this, there are times when I feel like I am in the wilderness. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, God, what am I going to do? How are we going to get this movie out? And that's the reason why I, we're on your show is that 
You know, right now, a lot of people are thinking about voting. And I say, when, when a movie gets into theaters like this about the Bible, this is your time to vote for the Bible. Yeah. You should, I, I'm just asking people, please, if you want to see more films about the Bible show up in mainstream culture, instead of being pushed and suppressed back, please go see this movie. Go to PatternsOfEvidence.com, uh, you know, see, find the theater near you, invite your Sunday school class or your Bible study class or take your family. Go see this film, Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai. Well, and, and yes, it does help uh, people like you who are creators of content that is compelling and biblical and thoughtful. But like you said, I, we <laughs> we say, oh, you know, I've been in a, a wilderness season. It, it's just not the same thing <laughs> as being in an actual wilderness where, you know, you, you could die. You probably will die without help. And, and I think that's a, lo- a large point of the wilderness is our dependency on God that we learn. Uh, the other thing is that they they had a destination, yes, a promised land, but there were giants in the land. Uh, you know, they still were going to have to to fight. And we can go all the way down the you know the spiritual ramifications of that. I'm curious about when you went to these places. Um, was there any? Was there any, were there any giants in the land? Was there any danger in some of these places you went? When I went to uh, all the locations, um, uh, I would say there's security issues everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, uh, especially being an American going into uh, the Middle East and depending upon the time of what's happening in the, right. in the world. Right. I went to Saudi Arabia right uh, one year after 9-11. Oh boy! Uh, and uh, and when we got into that location, I had permission to be there, but the locals didn't give me permission. Uh, right. And our group, you know, yeah. So yeah. you know, it was it was uh, very tribal. It was very concerning, and uh, the, you know, the security people that we had were concerned. Uh, you know, there there were threats. You know, to to leave the area, serious threats, uh, and. Uh, and I was I was really uh, emotionally and mentally impacted by that uh, experience for a long time. Uh, it was hard, and you realize just just the challenge of you know getting to these areas and making these types of films. Yeah, no, oh, I can't even imagine. Um, well, I guess I can. I've been to some some pretty rough locations too. But it, are there any popular beliefs, whether it has to do with with the Red Sea or Sinai or any of the other areas that you've covered? that you have sort of debunked? Well, I think in our films, uh, I don't debunk them, but the Bible basically doesn't seem to match the pattern that some people are suggesting. Hmm. And what I've always tried to do is I try to be uh, a, um, a an examiner of, of, you know, it's like when you're looking at, it's like if you were to look at a product or a series of products and you say, okay, here are the strengths of this product. Here's the weaknesses. So here's the strengths of this crossing site and, and the arguments that are being made. Mm-hmm. A lot of arguments that are being made by people that I would call on the Egyptian approach are linguistic. They basically say the words match. We see words that match. So this must be the location. So they have a strong, uh, uh, sense a connection between Egyptian words and biblical words. Mm. But the question then goes back to well, where did those words come from? Yeah. Were they just applied after the effect? Yeah. It was somebody trying to fill in the blanks 
decided that these are the locations that would bring you to this location that we think is the true location of Mount Sinai. And is that, is that where you would look for something? Uh, because it's like dr drawing dots down to the traditional Mount Sinai. So mm -hmm. that's the question. But then you have to ask the, the other question is, what are the, the attributes of the mountain that the Bible is talking about? It, is there any artificial ar archeological remains there? Right. It, how close is it to the land of Midian? What's the backside of the wilderness? So you're asking mm -hmm. those types of questions. Right. And sometimes what ends up happening is that once you ask those other questions that are related to the Bible, uh, mainstream scholars will tell you, hey, there's no evidence for this. It, but, you know, they're going to tell you that, hey, we don't think there's any evidence that this really happened. But what ends up happening after that is that we could say, well, are you looking in the right place? <laughs> right. Because right. what they're doing is they're saying the Bible is false because this location, uh, which we believe is the location that happened, we find no evidence for it. And we're and I'm saying once again, all these films are: are you looking in the right time period, and are you looking in the right place? Yeah, and, and that's so, why you look for the pattern. And that's where I want to go. It's it's kind of like some of the bad sermons in in some popular churches these days where I've got a point and I'm going to throw in a scripture to back it up. <laughs> like, let's start with the scripture and see where it leads. So you you patterns of evidence those are two very concrete um, you know scientific approach kind of words why is it why why is it important that then it, it's patterns and then that there's evidence as opposed to just you know looking for something to back up what i believe well, the late Norman Geisler, um, when he first saw our first film, The Exodus, he said uh, he loved patterns. He said because uh, dates and different uh, other types of, of ways of kind of looking at things are, are subjective. You know, people can, but he said when you have a pattern, and once again, I started this with a scientist, Dr. Leonard Moeller, who has now passed away, but he was a DNA research scientist, and he helped me to start looking at things from a scientific point of view. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about a pattern is that that's the scientific approach. So what you're going to do is you're going to look for a sequence of events or whatever, and then you need to, well, I, I use the word sequence. You need to look for events, but then you need to look, are they in the right sequence? Are they in the right location? And that's, that's how you have a hypothesis. You would say, well, the Bible says that we're going to have these different points in the criteria. Where can I find them in history? And where can I find them geographically? Hmm. And that's, the, that's a patterns of evidence investigative approach. And when you start to do that, it starts to point you in new places, as opposed to going upon what I would say is a less scientific approach, which is, oh, there's something over here that looks like it matches the Bible. Mm -hmm. And then somebody, a scholar writes an article about that and thinks this is where the legend of the Exodus right. happened or whatever. Uh, and they think a lot of, and it's not popular to believe that the Bible is historically true in the academic world. In fact, I have scholars that would tell me, they'd say, hey, um, if I were to, there's evidence we see all the time for the Bible, but I can't talk about it because you know, I'd get in trouble. Mm. Yeah. Now, and I think that's an interesting point too, because you've looked at the patterns, you've looked at the evidence, you don't have all your questions answered, yet you would say that your strength, uh, your faith rather, has been strengthened through this process. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, 
when I first made the fir first Patterns of Evidence film, which was on the Exodus, I had uh, an Egyptologist Manfred Bitek, when I talked with him, he told me, I said, Do you, have you found evidence for the Exodus? And he said, so far, not. And uh, so he was from Austria and, uh, and that I came back and literally, literally had a crisis of faith, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, but I, I had an unusual situation. I was in the edit suite looking at this footage and literally, I, I mean, I started to weep because I, the thought came to me then, the Muslim world, like the room got cold, literally, I'm saying literally every time here, but it got cold and this thought came into my mind everything that your family has believed, uh, your mother has believed, you, you know, it's all a lie. And this complete despair came over me. I'm telling you, I just felt like I fell off a cliff into a chasm of, of despair, like hopelessness. And at the, right after that, another thought, like something on the right side of me said, stop editing, get up, go to your office. And I got up out of my chair, just walked to the office, go to your bookcase. I walked to the bookcase, read that book. I saw a book, I pulled it out, and that was a book by Egyptologist David Roll. And I opened the book and I started leafing through it. And then I saw the very dig site that I was editing, looking at, that I had gone to visit, was being talked about in this book. And a year earlier, a friend of mine had given me that book and said, I think you need to read this book. Mm. Well, I didn't read it at the time. I should have read it. It would have helped me. But I had this, I believe, a providential experience where, where I then found this book at the moment I needed to find it. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going to England and that turned the whole investigation around for me uh, to begin looking for the evidence of Joseph and the early Israelites in Egypt. And it was tremendous. And uh, I ended up uh, taking and going from what was a film that was full of different times of history of the Bible to focusing on just on that. And that became the first film on the Exodus. And then from there, I've gone through Exodus, then I did the Moses controversy about the writing of the Bible and the alphabet, and then Red Sea one and two. And now here we are, October 17th and 18th, we're gonna be in over almost up to 900 theaters as a Fathom event. Uh, you can go to patternsofevidence.com and get tickets. And, um, and like I say, please uh, vote for the Bible. Invite your family and friends, go see this film. It's uh, it's an important film. Uh, if you want to see more films about the Bible, I've got Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai, Part 2. We're just uh, trying to get to that for the for the next part of this investigation coming out in the spring. Yeah, and and I love it. And, you know, I, I have heard people um, postulate that various aspects of the Old Testament were, uh, you know, legend, not, not well, yeah, I'm basically saying they're not literal, but they were stories passed down to, uh, you know, c uh, communicate a spiritual truth. And, and, you know, if that, and, you know, Adam and Eve, knowing the flood, things like that. And if that's true, it doesn't shake my faith at all. But at the same time, I have this sneaking suspicion that, mm, no, I think it's probably <laughs> pretty literal. And so I love it when I see people like you out there asking these big questions and not just trying to, you know, back up a, preconceived position but going honestly and openly and saying what what is there out there and are we looking in the right place are we looking at the right time what what can we see and to me it's just fascinating and at at the end of the day if you found out okay you know it's not quite the way that we think it is six half dozen to me honestly but yet at the same time 
I don't know. I just, I find it all very interesting. And so whatever you conclude, <laughs> I'm good with in a sense. Does that make sense? Well, thank you. Well, there, <laughs> uh, well I, I'll share with you is that I believe that we're going to come out with, uh, 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 we're going to come out with, uh, I mean, I've got to go through the scoring process, but we're going to come out with something very different than most people would have thought. Uh, but they're going to be, it's going to be clarifying. So sometimes like when you're trying to make a decision, let's say you're going to buy a home or you're going to buy a car or something. You, you don't just, you, you look and you try to make sure I'm making the right decision. Right. And then the question is, is, well, why is it important that we know where Mount Sinai is? Isn't it more important to know what happened at Mount Sinai? Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. But here's what's going on is that most, uh, lots of scholars today have been taught that there is no evidence for mm. these events. But a lot of those scholars have not been going and looking for it. They've just been taught that. And they're teaching your, your, your children, and they're basically saying that Moses didn't write the first books of the Bible. Mm. And they're saying that these events are, are not really historical. But God is telling us, he's saying that this is his word, and this is what happened. Yeah. And all the way back uh, to Adam and Eve, uh, and I haven't started to, to investigate that area or the flood, but I do believe that in the future, it's very possible that we'll be looking at other patterns of evidence as films because of the, uh, the scope of the work that we're doing. But my point is, is that uh, they call it a testament for a reason. It's, it's a testimony of God acting in history. Yeah. And uh, these books were all written and it's pointing in this particular case to the formation of the nation of Israel, which is uh, gonna be happening at that mountain, at Mount Sinai. And then from there, uh, we're gonna be moving into, uh, from the wilderness wanderings into uh, the conquest of the promised land. Yeah. And there are unique, uh, even in the wilderness wanderings, there's evidences uh, that, that will be seen, uh, that you're going to start to see as we come up with these other films. Yeah. But what it's telling us is that God does act in history. And if you are able to start to see this, you're going to see that things are also going to be repeating themselves. Uh, for example, in the book of Revelation, um, uh, the plagues of Egypt are repeated. Yeah, right. Uh, and there are many different things. So uh, to try to become a thinking person, and my film is, company is called Thinking Man Films, the ones that were making this for the Patterns of Evidence Foundation. Uh, these films are to make you think more deeply, and that way if someone comes along and says, oh, that's not true, or your kids come home and say, you know, we don't believe the Bible yeah. anymore, yeah. Uh, that's what these films are for, yeah. to help show, wait a minute, <laughs> you should look at this, there is a, there is a pattern. Because what, when do you stop believe? What, what do you believe and what don't you believe? Right. Well, yeah, and that's a fair question. I, I can just imagine some kid coming home going, Mom, Dad, or Grandma, Grandpa, I, I you know, this just in, in the the parent or grandparent just unloading all the information that they've learned from your films on this poor kid. That would be, that'd be a, a nice moment. I'm going to have to get ready for that. Okay, last question is, uh, give us a moment in, uh, in the film, in the journey to Mount Sinai, that people need to watch for not not to give it away but i just kind of want to tease it what's what's sort of a maybe a turning point or a aha moment something in the film that they should look forward to when they go see it next week manna 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 falling from heaven all right all i think right. it's uh, it's intrigued. very powerful because it says that the israelites you know we talked about the wilderness earlier is that they had to 
could have called out to God and God said, like, you know, he heard their cry and he's, he gave them manna and quail. And so uh, I'm going to show you what that looks like uh, from a cinematic standpoint. And you're going to learn something about that manna Ooh. that we all need to learn. I like it. I like it. All right. Timothy Mahoney, uh, Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai, uh, all that available at the website, PatternsofEvidence.com. Go check that out. So much fun. I just, I love what you do. And I hope people will get out and support it as well. And I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with our audience today and give us a little peek, sneak peek. Well, thank you very much for having me, Randy. You guys out there, hit share. We need we need to support this kind of thing. And also, it's fascinating. So it's cool anyway. So if you hit share, hit like, follow, subscribe, and all those fun things. And come back because we've got more interesting things, challenging things, encouraging things, inspiring things right here on Life Today Live. We'll see you again next time. God mercy. The same for you. The same for every man, you and Gentile and Mohammedan. Whether they believe it or not. We float on this vast, limitless sea of divine mercy.